This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here after probably not the most convincing win I've seen Derby have this season. Um, a 3-2 win away at Oxford. Uh, it's, you know, three points. We need three points, don't we? Um, so we're going to talk all about that today. Uh, maybe talk about Plymouth if we want to make ourselves sad. And generally just all around, just have a, have a nice chat about what's happened in the last week and look towards Fleetwood next week. So joining me on the pod today, first off, Callum Bucock. How are you, mate? I'm all good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm uh, much happier now your internet works, which is always uh, <laughs> a positive. Uh, it's been a bit of a ropey couple of weeks. I've You've just jinxed got... it now. I know, I know. We've got a man whose internet may not work, Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? Good evening, guys. I'm very good. How are you? I am very, very good, thank you. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Chris Matthews Redwoods. How are you, Chris? I'm so much happier than last week, Jake. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, so I think we'll start off by talking about a man who's he's done all right, hasn't he? He's done all right uh, in in the last well season, hasn't he? He's played left back. He's played left mids. Uh, he wasn't fancied by Rooney. He's probably not had the most amount of luck both on and off the pitch. Um, Callum, Louis Sibley, played as a number 10, two fantastic goals. Is this his time? Well, look what happens when you put someone in the natural position. Uh, I mean, plays their first game in a, well, a long while. I can't remember the last time he played in the, in the 10 uh, and scores two goals. Um, so, no, it, when you say it's his time, I don't know because um, we, we spoke about it in the group chat and... Really, it's it's is that the end of his left back days? I don't know. Um, so it's a case of now. Um, can we see Sibley as a ten when we've we've seen Jason Knight playing there so well over the last few months uh, and make that quarter, that, that trio really with Max Bird and Conor Horahan? Uh, does Sibley now push out Knight? I don't know. Um, he he's one of them characters that. I always find him really hot and cold, and and as a player, um, as a person, really, really nice. Met him a couple of times, but as a as a as a player, he's so marmite because sometimes he'll turn up and and be an absolute starlet like yesterday, and then sometimes he's he's just non-existent. Sometimes, bless him, and it's just a case of which Louis Sibley do we get? And yesterday, luckily, we had the uh, the one we all want to see. 
Well, I think that's an interesting point you've made there, Callum, about how he blows hot and cold. And I actually thought he wasn't having a great game even after his first goal. I think there were, you know, the ball just wasn't sticking to him. It just seemed like one of those days where he, it just wasn't working. And then he goes and gets a, a brilliant second. And Vic, you know, maybe he wasn't having his best game at the time. Obviously, he did in the end. He had a really, really strong second half performance as well. It's having players that can score goals is so important, especially at this time of the season. And when you've got Sibley, who, you know, not necessarily playing at his best, pulls out, you know, two goals out of the bag, that's the sort of player you need, isn't it, going into the business end? Definitely. And I think it's been important that we've had goals come from all over the pitch this season in terms of our midfields really contributed, the wingers. And we did to being out. We were all probably worrying that Collins wasn't going to produce the goods. So, yeah, up steps Louis Sibley, uh, played in his number 10 role, looked very comfortable second half. I agree, first half he wasn't that great, but neither were the rest of the side. Um, but, yeah, um, it's important for players like Louis Sibley to take the chance when they get it, because now we're in the business end of the season. If we are heading towards that playoffs, the key thing going into them is momentum, and the players need to pick up their form as well if they want to solidify their places in the side. So, Long may that continue with the. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed you making that you think, Vic. <laughs> and I've got another question for you, Vic, uh, very quickly. Um, how does it feel being the most famous man on Derby's <laughs> Twitter feed? Because every single week, I mean, fair play, you go to every single game, which is, you know, impressive in itself. And I'm sure many of the listeners do too. But you seem to get picked up by the paparazzi every single week. How do you manage it? How do you do it? What's the secret? <laughs> It's the black and white turban. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, they, as soon as they see that walking around the stands, that's it. That's it. We're getting a photo of him today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, mate. I love it. I always look out for you, actually. It's, it's quite funny. Um, I'm interested to know if it's the same photographer. <laughs> I bet I it, think is. it is. You know, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it takes him at the home games as well. <laughs> oh man right chris your mic crackled a little bit i'm praying to the lords that it doesn't crackle again um but last thing on on louis sibley um obviously he's played left back for the majority of the season um and you know he's looked good don't get me wrong he's had some real good games and i think his delivery off his left foot is really good as well um, maybe even underselling him a little bit. There's times when he's put balls into the box where it's like, you know, are we watching Trent Alexander-Arnold here? It's it's Louis Sibley instead. And um, maybe that's uh, an exaggeration. But, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's impressed me quite a lot. Uh, I know he's impressed you guys as well. But number 10 is his position. It's the position he's always played growing up. He's always been a number 10. Does he stay there? I think if you want to get the best out of Louis Sibley personally, then yes, he does He does stay there. The dilemma is we've got other options there. Um, I always felt personally, for me, after the first few months where he burst on, onto the scene, he was one of those players who would only really perform at home. Um, you know, Pride Park's an amazing surface, but it was lovely to see him in a really dog-eat-dog away match come up and um, make and actually produce a performance, a match-winning well, match performance, which, which we haven't seen for a long, long time from him. Um, and on those, you know, can you do it on a rainy Tuesday night in Stoke? Can you do it against an Oxford team? We've just got a new manager, um, you know, big crowd. They need they need the points as much as, 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 much as we do. 
and um, yeah, he's stepped up. So I'd love to see him more in the number in the number ten role. Um, but I think we've seen it before with Sibley. He's, he's given a few games and then he just tails off. So it's him keeping that momentum going, um, going on a goal scoring run, going on an assisting run, and keeping those other players out um, of the of the first team. I mean, he did very well at left back filling in, um, but. We all know that isn't his natural game. Um, so, yeah, uh, to, to echo Vic, if he plays in the num- number 10 role and carries on doing performances like that, long may it continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you've got it spot on, to be honest, Chris. Um, he's, he's played well at left back. Number 10's his position. He has to keep this up now. The, you know, this is the time when we need him more than anything. So, yeah, let's hope if he does keep playing in the number 10 role, which is obviously his best role, let's hope that he can take that step to the next level. Um, Callum, two players also came in uh, at the weekend. Curtis Davis, James Collins. Um, we'll speak about Davis in a little while. Um, the first player I was bringing up was was James Collins, and he's a player that has struggled a little bit, hasn't he? It, you know, it's it's no secret. He, he had a really good run of games where he scored like seven in seven or something like that, um, and then he's he struggled since then. He's really struggled for goals. I think he was he's without a goal in open play in a considerable amount of time now. So he, he comes into the team. Um, I did think it was a bit weird when he scored in inverted <laughs> commas, ran off, celebrated. I don't know how he didn't notice that he almost completely missed the ball. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit yesterday. Uh, I think he, he he struggles to fill McGoldrick's shoes a little bit. Can he refine his best form? I hope so, because um, he's one of those players that you see the passion he gives for the team uh, and the reaction he, at the full-time whistle. The, the, there's a couple of images of him uh, have been picked up in celebrating with the Derby fans at the end. Uh, so he's one of those that, is, as a fan, you want, want him and are pleading for him to do so well. But he's just, for me, it's the technical ability that really lets him down, especially leading the line. Um, for me, when I look at it's because of how good David McGoldrick is, it then makes him stand out a, a lot more. Um, with how with how he uh, struggles with it, I think um, when I was listening to the, the, the commentary because I couldn't make it yesterday, it was just a case of and, and then watching the highlights. How many times the ball just does not land at his feet? It just ricochets off his shin, off his knee, off his ankle, off his rear end, whatever it is. Um, and it's just a case of for me, I think he just needs goals, and it just summed up everything that that guy has been going through uh, in terms of confidence from playing where the get, goal just gets taken off him because, like you said, I don't know how he doesn't realise it, but it just comes straight off the other player and goes straight in the net. And I think he had the minutest of touches I've ever seen. So, uh, so no, it's one of them where you kind of want him to continue to do well and you just pray that uh, he, he can get a couple of goals that are true to, you know, actually our goals that he can, you know, <laughs> keep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree, mate. And I find it weird with Collins because when you put him and McGoldrick side by side, obviously McGoldrick's a much better technical footballer. But when you look at the way they're both built, you know, McGoldrick, he's not mm. really strong. He's not a big lad. Collins is a big lad. Like, he's really big and yeah. looks like he should be really strong. But he seems to lose every jewel. He, you know, he loses almost every header. And 
when the ball goes into the box, he never seems to win the battle with the defenders. And it, it, it's confusing, isn't it? It yeah. makes no sense. Because when you look at him, you think, you should be able to do this. And I bet you can do this, but you're not. And why? And as as you said, I think having him with McGoldrick has sort of highlighted a lot of his weaknesses as well. I, I remember that, that run of form that he had earlier in the season. McGoldrick was just coming back from injury at the time. Um, yeah. And even though he went sort of 10 goals, or so, 10 goals, 10 games or something at the start of the season without a goal, McGoldrick came in and all of a sudden, you know, it was like, oh yeah, James Collins is not the one. And I think in that case, it's not made it easy for him. But Vic, you know, he's struggling for goals, isn't he? Callum said a lot of good stuff there. Um, I mean, do you agree? Do you, do you think James Collins is struggling and can you see a way for him to permanently get back in this Derby team? Yeah, I mean, he's struggling because I think he's not a type of striker that leads the line uh, by himself. I think he's more suited to having somebody playing up top with him. So if we do decide to like maybe change sort of system or formation and we go maybe 3-5-2, I think we might see the best out of Collins then. Um, but in terms of leading the line on his own, he struggles with it. Like you said, he doesn't win the aerial duels. And it was something that Paul Warren alluded to. Um, something about his positional uh, play when crosses come in. Like he always seems to try to go to the near post rather than in between the centre-backs. And the one time he did do that, he got the the goal. So um, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's something they've got to work on in training. But yeah, I mean, to get the best out of Collins, I think he needs um, he needs two up top. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. Um, and the other player that came in, I think, I know it sounds really negative. We've won, and we're, we're talking about <laughs> two players that have struggled a little bit. So I'm sorry for that. Um, but uh, Curtis Davis, he came in. I'll be honest, maybe it's a little bit harsh. I think the, the the foul for the first goal was really silly. I don't know why he did it. There were players around him, and I think for the second goal, I'd probably pin that on him as well because he was so slow. He made no attempt to to block the shot. I don't know why he didn't commit. That was just confusing more than anything because he could have thrown himself in front of that and he just seemed to choose not to. Chris, he's been our talismanic captain. You obviously don't want to write him off. He's 37. He's coming towards the end of his career. He's been out of the team for a while. So he's obviously going to, it's going to be difficult for him to come straight back into the team. But I think he showed yesterday, you know, I, I don't know how much time's left for him. Now, firstly, can you hear me better now? Oh, Davis. I mean, you, you know, Callum mentioned the team, the team just wants him to do really well. Um, and the fans want him to do really well. And we're exactly the same. But I do think um, there was one moment this season where I think a lot of people thought his time's done. And that was that Ipswich away game um, where he made that mis- Yeah. And that when he made that, that mistake and he didn't seem to recover from that personally. Um, he's great at cheering everyone up, but is he that good at actually self-motivating himself? Um, and I think he's got to that stage now where he can't just come in and produce an amazing, an amazing performance because um, you know he, he is of that age. You know, we think, oh, we've got a really tough away game. Let's throw Curtis Davis in there. It's not going to work. Um, but to give him his credit, he's still there. He still tries his best. Um, everyone loves him at the club. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I don't yeah. know. I, it, it, it's a heart and head thing with Curtis Davis. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I think your mic's going through a, a similar thing to Davis at the oh. minute. It's really trying. <laughs> it's really, really tried its best. Um, but it, yeah, it just it can't it can't do what it used to do, Chris. <laughs> it, can't do it. it can't do it. Oh my god. Uh, we'll give Chris a couple of minutes to try and fix his mic out because yeah, that is not good for the ears. Um, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, sorry to everyone listening. By the way, he, he doesn't mean it. Uh, Callum, uh, another talking point, um, I guess, is Conor Horan. He set up another goal, really good ball for Sibley, um, which Sibley took really well. He's now got seven goals and nine assists. You know that that's no mean feat from any player, especially an attacking player. But the fact that he plays in central midfield and he's getting those sorts of numbers is really, really impressive. Um, I, to be honest, think he might be an outside shout for player of the season. Obviously, McGoldrick's been great. Cashin's been great. Wildsworth's been great. But without Kodo Hurahan, he's won us so many games on his own with a moment of magic, a great free kick or something like that. Is he an outside candidate? I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to put my hat on it, to be honest, because he's one of those players where... He, 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 I don't know if it kind of masks his performances or anything like that, but he's he, it's a couple of the performances. He's for me been the weaker one out of the trio, and then he pulls out an assist, and then everyone kind of goes, "What a great game he's had!" and and, and he's won us the game. Which he, it's right you were saying earlier about in terms of without the assists, we we're not going to win the games. But in terms of performances, um, I think there's three or four players that are put in that midfield over him um, because I think the Barnsley game for me, he was non-existent for me when we got, and, and I, don't get me wrong, a lot of the players were that day, but, <laughs> Good um, say, yeah. <laughs> but, but for me as a player of his quality, you kind of expect, uh, I think Chris um, alluded to it a few weeks ago where you kind of expect it of his quality to perform, put those performances in like that. Um, so, and at the start of the season, when you sign a player of his ilk in this league, um, if you, he's not performing to that standard, then you, what are you getting out of him? And why are you, why you brought that level of quality down if he's not going to put it on the pitch? So, um, is he an outside bet? Probably in, in some people's eyes. Uh, and without his uh, assists and, and stats, we wouldn't be where we are. So, um, but there are two or three players. You've named a few there. Wildsmith. Um, cash in, um, McGoldrick that I'll put, I'll put over him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out. Birds, night, <laughs> and your Mendes Lang. Yeah. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, that, that's the interesting bit because I know Jason Knight's, he's, he's had some really good games. I think Jason Knight could do better. He works really hard. I think there's there's a lot of areas of his game this season which I think he's lacked compared to previous seasons, and that's what makes it quite interesting because people instantly go, "Oh, Derby's best performance night." But when I know I don't want to sound like one of those sad people that just sits looking at stats all day, but if you do look at stats, if you do look at the stats, right, then you know Hurahan is our, our second highest rated player for performances. He's what third highest goal scorer. He's our top assister. You know, and you look at all the stats and Hurrahan's right up there. Distance travel, distance cover, distance cover per game, sprints per game. He's right at the top for all of them. And again, as I said, stats don't mean everything. You know, you can't you can't see football with stats. If if football was just numbers, then it'd be really boring. Mm. But <laughs> you, you can see he's been a really important player. And I guess, Vic, to, to direct that at you, do you think... <laughs> this sounds really bad. This sounds really negative. But... Do you think there's some players in this team that are underrated purely because people maybe possibly have an agenda against them? Looking at your your likes of Hurahan, even for Scythe at times this season, there's some players that get judged just because you know there's a preconceived idea of what a player is like. You know, Hurahan is oh he doesn't run just because he didn't run for like the first three games of the season. Do you think we've got a few too many of them? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I think in Horahan's case, me personally, I find him quite consistent in the sense that he's producing the assists more or less every week. He's got, like you said, he's the third highest goal scorer, and that's from a midfielder that's uh, on the wrong side of thirty. I think the fan base expect too much of him just because of the name. Um, I mean, yeah, the first couple of games he didn't run a lot, but since Paul Warren's come in, I, I said it the f- first couple of weeks, like. It's like he's playing with a rocket up his backside. Like he's mm. just everywhere. He's covering ground. Like I wouldn't expect that from him. Um, but then again, maybe because of the name Horahan and his stellar career, we sort of associate that he's going to be like the guy that takes us up to the to the Premier League, for example. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I mean, even with Fozzie, like I've noticed the last few weeks, Fozzie's been making mistakes. He's sort of like going back to the old Fozzie that we knew. Um, but then the whole defence has been like that the last few weeks. I mean, I could argue, you can make an argument for Cashin not being so great yeah. the last few weeks as well. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's probably because we're in the business end of the season. Um, people are going to dip in form. We've had, a, we've had a really long slog at it. In terms of the way we play as well with Paul Warren's style, it's very demanding. Um, and maybe the players are sort of running out of steam. But I reckon we'll pick up a second wind. Now that the games are sort of levelling out to being one a week rather than three a week, we might see the best come out of Derby now. Um, but yeah, I do agree. Maybe there is some sort of preconceived idea that because we've signed Horahan McGoldrick, we should be walking the league and um, maybe we need to come, cut him a bit of slack. Yeah, well, that's quite interesting, Vic, because something I've got written down here is to talk about that that change in style of play. And there was a stat that I noticed, and these numbers might not be 100% correct, but they're, they're, they're plus minus 10, they're correct. Um, I noticed <laughs> yesterday, when we played Shrewsbury, Erin Cashin broke the record for the most amount of passes. This is Shrewsbury away, right at the start of the season, under Rossini, where we drew nil-nil. It was really boring. Everyone wants to go to bed. Um, and we drew, yeah, we drew nil-nil. Erin Cashin completed 124 passes, right? Give or take 10. Um, and he broke a record for like the most passes in a game. At the weekend, he completed 28. 
that's that's a hundred passes <laughs> down. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the change in style of play. And I think, to be honest, the last few games, I think the way we've been playing long ball over the top, and I know long balls, you know, it's got its own tag attached to it, but just looking for diagonals every single time, not playing it through the midfield. And what Callum mentioned about players like Hurahan suffering, especially in that Barnsley game. In that Barnsley game, I can't remember a single time we passed into midfield apart from when we scored. And who assisted the goal? Connor Hurahan. And that that was probably the only time we actually passed the ball into the middle of the pitch. And in recent weeks, we've barely done it at all. Whether that's due to Bird being absent, I don't know. I think that might play a big part in it. But we've just stopped doing it and we've changed the style of play. And I think players are suffering. You know, I think Cashin's having to do about three times the amount of defensive work in every game that he was doing before. Same with Fozzie, having to run back towards their own goal. And it's difficult. And I think that's part of the reason why we've struggled. And Chris, I suppose two of the questions I've got written down here go together. The long ball, can we stop it? And is Max Bird the man to stop it? Uh, even if it's not a bad thing. Will Max Bird change it? Should Max Bird start? I've given you about four questions there. Make, make, make the most of what you've been given. Yeah, well, while, while you can actually hear me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think it would be dangerous to put, put too much on Max, Max Bird. I really do. I mean, yeah, he, 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 without doubt, before he got injured, he was our best player on the pitch. He was the first player in the starting eleven. And he was he was dictating play, but especially when you get to this side of the side of the season, I mean, Paul Wall mentioned it yesterday, and I think it as well. I don't care if we play long long ball. If we're winning games, we you know, I think the days are over where it's all you know Derby have to keep on playing proper football until the end. We're in League One. We're in a proper scrap to get into to that playoffs now. Let's not hit ourselves. The top two are gone. Um, you know, yes, I think mixing it up is very important, and having those and having those periods in play where Max Bird is pinging passes around, and we're on top like we were first half against against um, Shrewsbury, but that's not always going to be the case. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I uh, you mentioned Cashin, the amount of headers he's had to win recently because the likes of. Um, Shrewsbury, they just pump it up there, and if he's if he's only completing two passes a game, if he's winning headers, I really don't care. So I think I think it's one of them. Yes, we'd love to see at Pride Park the brilliant attacking football going on, um, but I think a lot of fans have got to get over that. We're not where we were five, six, five, six years ago. We're in a proper battle, um, and let's worry about playing a nice football game back in the Championship. But let's get there first. And if we win by playing long ball and winning by 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 set pieces, that's the most important thing. Well, that that's interesting, Chris, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I think from my side, it was more. I, I don't want us to play Rossinia football. I think that that's a really important thing to say. I don't want us to play a million passes before every goal. I think that's ridiculous, and I don't think it works. I'm doing all right. <laughs> well, they are, they are, but they're at the division above, aren't they? So yeah. it all of a sudden makes a bit more sense. But the problem is, when you look at games we've lost recently, look at Barnsley, look at Plymouth especially, uh, even that Shrewsbury home game um, where we you know, obviously threw it away, you look at all those results and what did we struggle to do? We really struggled to keep the ball. And you were talking about Cashin having to win headers. It, 
we give the ball away so many times in these games. It's an onslaught. And the defence are constantly having to run back towards their own goal, having to try and defend, you know, situations they don't want to be in. When you think of, you know, the the Plymouth, that first goal, you know, they're running at us and you've got four or five players pulled out of position because you're having to react. You're having to do things as they happen. There's, it's not, we're not in control. The other team are in control. And when we're playing long balls out to the wings and Dobbin, Mendes Lang, Barkays and are winning probably one in 10 and we then give the ball straight back to the opposition, they can attack us again and again and again. And we're just not keeping the ball very well. And, you know, we even saw against Oxford, they they scored two goals. We just couldn't keep the ball in the second half at all. You know, we, we just kept losing the ball over and over again. And that gave them chances. And if not for Joe Wildsmith having one of his, you know, probably best games in a Derby shirt, we'd probably lose that game. You know, that, that point blank save was unbelievable. And without that happening, we'd probably have lost. So yeah. it, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, Chris. I completely get it. I think there's a, a happy medium between the two. Definitely a happy medium. But I, I think if we just keep giving the ball away like this, better teams are going to punish us. And we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. You wouldn't have thought we would. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's sort of I think, I, I think, yeah, I think, you, I think you'd argue Plymouth in terms of the way they try and play football are one of the most attractive teams 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 to watch in league in league in league one but i think at the moment without the likes of bird we can't match them in terms of you know if, if, if they want to play football around us they're going to play football around us we have to try and interrupt them and do what we hate doing and you know a bit of a the the, the fact that we can't commit tact the fact we can't commit tactical fouls still really annoys me I mean, well, you know. we, we did on Saturday. We conceded. Yeah, but that's what I mean. We just don't do it in the right place. We did a, we did one on Saturday. We did one against um, Shrewsbury two minutes in the second half when he should have made the tactical towel twenty minutes beforehand, and we and we, we can see the free kick from it. It's just, I think I, I think the frustration is Paul Warren's got a team out of this league three times, and you'd like to think that he knew all the little bits and. It lit all the little bits and pieces that just give you that upper edge, and for some reason we don't have that. But you know, hopefully yesterday we actually remembered how to win ugly, which is crucial. Um, and yeah, hope hopefully against the likes of Fleetwood we can get get the ball on the deck, and we'll go back to the days where we're beating teams five six nil. But it, it, it is it is worrying. I know, and I know what you're getting at. We need to keep the ball. But are our players good enough to do that every week? Well, that, that's that's the question, mate. And I think when you look at the players that we've had in the middle, obviously we've got Horahan, we know what he can do. You know, Jason Knight, he, he's a decent technical player. Does the ball really stick to him? Probably not. You know, Louis Sibley, again, he's really good running with the ball. Is his first touch incredible? No. Um, you know, even Harvey White, you know, he's clearly got great technical ability, but when he's put under pressure, he seems to really struggle a little bit um, in those positions. So I think without making him, as you said, without putting the pressure on him and making him look like the saviour, I think Max Bird will play a really big part in the running. Um, and yeah, I don't know if anyone answered the question. I'd like to see him start on Saturday. I would. Uh, I would. Oh, without doubt. Yeah. Without yeah, doubt. If, he, if, if he's ready. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him start, but I just just to add on to those points, do we think we're too nice of a side when we're playing football? Yes. Because yes. I think Some we're too nice for this league. Like in terms of, like Chris was saying, we don't do the tactical fouls enough. We're not in teams' faces. And I think maybe because we step back off them and maybe this is why teams are pressing five yards further forward. This is why Shrewsbury are picking up the result against us. This is why Plymouth have beat us. This is why uh, we're dropping points. Maybe we just need to adapt an ugly side to us, like a really nasty side to us, if we really if we want to finish in the players for starters. Yeah. And then obviously that's, goals. that spot that spot on bit. And I say from top to bottom, you know, I I I know every club does it, but it's the fact, you know, the stadium announcer, oh, we extend a warm welcome to Shrewsbury and all their players. No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. You know, they've got a lovely like room. This. They walk. Oh my god! It just no. It is Vic's point is spot on. We we need to be nastier, and it starts from top top to bottom. You know, let's not extend a warm welcome to all our opposition fans and players. No, let's break their legs. Let's win. Let's win the game. Get Chris on the announcing now. Yeah, do it now. <laughs> oh dear. You hurt you, Chris. Who hurt you? <laughs> Derby County for the last twenty years. Well, Vic, just just to talk about the niceties um, before Sibley's second goal. I don't know if any of you saw Collins just boot their player in the stomach uh, yeah, on the edge of the six-yard box. I can't believe that a free kick wasn't given. Uh, feel a little bit of sympathy for for Oxford there. We know what it's like being on the edge. Too of the nice, Jake. No, sorry, nice. sorry, Chris. Too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> oh, right. Let's let's have a quick look towards Fleetwood. Uh, Callum, you've just recorded the preview, uh, so I'll come to you first. Um, just looking at their results, they've they had a really really good run, and then they seem to have fallen off a little bit of a cliff. I think they're four games without a win, three defeats in those four. Um, score prediction? What do you reckon? Uh, well, going off uh, the chat that I had with uh, Phil Gittins from uh, Radio Lancashire, um, they're not a side in form at all. So I'm going to go um, two nil win. Um, it slightly slightly contradicts the, the two one win I gave on there. I gave them a goal, um, but uh, but we'll go. We'll still go with the two nil win. That's tonight. it, Callum. Don't don't be nice to them. Don't give goals. <laughs> right, Chris is our new director of aggression, which is, uh, which is good. Um, and Callum, uh, where and when can you hear this preview? Go on, go on, plug it. I'll plug it. Uh, no, it's coming out on uh, Wednesday evening, uh, six pm, promptly. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it'll be uh, coming out on all all, all order platforms, as uh, Jake would uh, <laughs> would say at the end, in a really nice manner. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Set your alarm, six pm Wednesday. Um, might be as good as the pie face one. I can't really promise anything. Uh, Vic, uh, what's your score Probably prediction, not. mate? You know, I think we're going to make a statement here. Let's go four one. Four one. Sorry, I just had to mute my mic to cough to death. Uh, <laughs> good, good. Four one. I, I hope you're right, mate. It'd be good to see a few more goals down at Pride Park. And Chris, what do you reckon? I want the away. I want the roof taken off the away stand. I want no pints served in the away end. I want the changing room to be covered in muck. Um, I'm gonna actually. I did have before the game, uh, before we came on, Vic's idea, and I'm thinking four one as well. I don't want to give them the goal, but I think four one. So I'm, I'm agreeing one. with Vic on that one. <laughs> I like it. Be sods Lord for Jack Marriott to score though, and it be just sods Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
I think a perfect one would be Marriott scores early on, we score four in reply. I think that'd be quite mm. funny. Um, I'm interested to see if he does score, what celebration he does. Does he celebrate? Does he stand takes there? Takes his shirt know. off, jumps in the south stand. <laughs> Starts um, fans. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I just Let's just pray that that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm going to say that if the players take the Chris Redwood approach, uh, the game will be abandoned uh, with five <laughs> seconds off. Um, but genuinely, I, I think it'll be... Oh, I'm gonna go with. I tell you what, four-one, four-one is good. That's that's a good score. So, so you guys are too good... nice. You've been giving them a goal. I'm the ruthless one with two. <laughs> go on, Callum. Go on, sir. I'm gonna say James Collins is gonna score all four. There we go. There's my uh, unrealistic prediction of the week. Um, so Chris's face, if you guys could see it right now, is one of disgust and horror. Right. Let's finish it up. I've enjoyed this. It's been funny. Um, thank you to everyone who has listened. Um, if you did enjoy, please check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Ramstalkpod. You can find us on Twitter at Ramstalkpod. You'll be surprised to hear. Uh, you can catch us on all major streaming platforms. I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably know that already. Um, if you want to get involved, please let us know on Twitter. Get involved with polls that we do, with any clips that we put up. We want to hear your opinions and yeah, get you guys on the show going forward with different things that we're planning on. And yeah, thank you for all the support recently. It's genuinely been really, really good. Um, it's the reason, well, not the reason, but it's one of the reasons why we do this is to, you know, try and give you guys something to listen to and something to enjoy during the week. So we're glad you're all enjoying it. So yeah, Jake, thank you. I think, I, I, think, oh. I, think you, I think you ought to say, Jake, that we've recently turned down the approach from Gary Lineker to, to <laughs> Ramstall. So well done. Well done, staying there. Well done. <laughs> Oh, right. On that note, uh, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, cheers for a good chat, guys. Cheers, Jake. No worries, mate. Have a good one. <laughs>